All right, folks, thanks for tuning in to part two of the Brian Harlan episode. Uh, as Joe said, this is such a great episode. We actually split it into two parts. So if you haven't listened to the first part yet, you know, want to go back, listen to that because it won't make any sense, and then come back into this one and listen to part two. So I hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening. So then you have also adopted children from overseas as well. Correct. Yeah, now this is okay. after you've moved up here then, right? Correct. Yeah, we came up here, and uh, we were going to get involved with foster care up here and uh, went through some training and actually got licensed to do it and didn't get any calls for a while. And and my wife is a very <laughs> – my wife is – so my wife was a teacher when, mm-hmm. I, uh, when we first came out of school, and she's a very active lady. Um, she's not one to sit much okay. i mean i i often well, we can I, tell <laughs> with with what's going on at home but, bringing yeah. more things to do <laughs> yeah. yeah i joke every once in a while i joke that i'll go home at times and say could you just sit on the couch watch some soaps and eat some bonbons <laughs> could you just just please just <laughs> but she doesn't yeah. she doesn't okay. so she's she's very very active and so when you get involved like hey we want to do foster care up here and it's not moving very fast she's oh not boy. one to sit still and wait she's not she's not <laughs> waiting to finish the next so box wh- of bonbons to figure it out. So why do you think that is, though? Like What's up that? here that there's not so much. I think I think part of it there. was we were already seven kids. So oh. so we came up here. We got we got basically a little hobby farm. We had horses and goats and seven kids and that type of thing. And I think the things I believe up here is what it was was they kind of came in and, and maybe had a different idea what a, where you put some of the foster kids. I don't I don't know. Oh, if you could sure. Put foster kids on a on a hobby farm. I'm not sure if they thought we we're gonna. Okay. Put them in the barn or what? <laughs> but it, it, yeah, it, but it didn't uh, didn't pan out there for okay. a while. Sure, so, sure. So my wife started looking around and and looked at some stuff on the internet and uh, looking around at other opportunities, and ran across some international adoption stuff and one organization called Reese's Rainbow, and Reese's Rainbow is an organization around the the adoption of uh, uh, Down syndrome children mm-hmm. uh, internationally, and. She would get the chance to see some of the pictures that were out there of these kids and was just falling in love with them. Um, sure. just, just see these, and, and you read a little bit of the stories about them. But again, just like there's a big need here in the U.S. to help with the foster kids, there's also a big need overseas with kids in, in countries where, you know, we talked earlier that we have the foster homes here, right? Mm-hmm. Overseas, in a lot of places, they have the orphanages that you probably think of, yeah. right? You have the orphanages that have, you know, 50, 100, 150 kids in them. And, you know, bigger rooms just, you know, with cribs and all that type of stuff. So there's there's a big need out, excuse me, in other countries. So she started looking, and we ran across one picture of this little kid named Sergey and just fell in love with the picture right away. Okay. And um, so my wife contacted Reese's Rainbow. And uh, now Reese's Rainbow, not only, they're not an adoption agency, um, but they help to raise funds and communicate back over here. So they actually have a lot of people will – uh, will donate money through Reese's Rainbow. I mean, if you go on there and you see a kid, say, "Boy, I, that, I can't adopt a kid, but that that kid, I I, I just feel led to sure. donate some money that mm-hmm. that whoever wants to adopt that kid, I can make their I can make their run at adoption easier, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. you can go through and see that some of these kids have been on have been on the website for quite some time, and they've raised some significant money, um, and so that it does help you when it comes to international adoption costs. That, there you go. There's some money there to help because people have gone off and decided to donate. Uh, we ran across Sergey though, and just just caught you right away. I mean, just yeah. I mean, the, the smile on him from day one just really caught our attention. So she looked into it, 
and found out through Reese's Rainbow that he was in Ukraine. Okay. Um, <coughs> Ukraine was a was a was a country that worked out really well for us. Some countries you look at, there's some countries that go out and say, "Well, you can't have more than two kids at home when you adopt one of our kids from our country." Oh. Um, well, we've already got seven. So yeah, there's some countries yeah. you have to X out the list right uh-huh. away and say that doesn't work for us. Um, the other thing that worked out well with Ukraine is they will actually do single parent adoptions. So oh, okay. um, what that means for us is when I've got seven kids at home and you got to spend a few weeks overseas to try to get this done, I don't. Ha- it's really, really difficult for us to say, how about if I go overseas and leave seven of my kids with somebody while yeah. both of us go over there? Right. Wow. So this worked out really well for us so, so that I could go over, spend the time, adopt the, ch- adopt the child over there in Ukraine and then come back and adopt with my wife back here in the United States. Oh, okay. So uh, that worked out really well. Um, so we we looked into it. And as crazy as it sounded, we said, you know, let's let's look deeper into it. Let's let's go through the the, the application or the, the licensing process and which was very similar to what we went through with foster care. And um, got approved to go ahead and do this and, and got ready to go out to Ukraine. So it was, you know, that's what got us interested in getting out there. Okay. Um, the timing was historic, to be honest with you. Well, I mean, let's this hear about this, that. Is a, this is a great story. Yeah. So the, the timing was, so when I so we finally got the approval to go out to go get Sergey, and we actually got approved to go get two children, uh, Sergey and Crosby. And Sergey um, was in Crimea. Okay. And we went out there, and we were going through this process in 2013 to be able to get on to the adoption. And I finally got out there in uh, early 2014. And 2014, at that time, Ukraine, uh, there's a lot of people out there. The, the, the president of the, uh, of the country um, was not well liked by a lot of people. Um, I can't imagine some countries would be like that, but there was <laughs> <laughs> the way they, the way they, the way they handled it out there was they in Kiev, which is the capital. Mm-hmm. Um, they have an independent square there, and and a lot of protesters had basically occupied uh, independent square. And by the time I got out there, uh, they had blocked, barricaded themselves in there, and there was there was a lot of a lot of people in there. Um, that you had tires, uh, walls made of tires and barbed wire that were 15 feet high, and these guys were living in there wow. with tents and fires and all that type of stuff, and trying to and, and really, you know, protesting that says we don't agree with the government, and and, and uh, um, something's got to change. Sure. So I'm coming out in, into the country about this time. I remember when I first got there in the country, and we we're going into Kiev, and the and the driver was going right by Independence Square. I took out my phone and I quickly took a picture, which didn't turn out because all it showed was the tires, the yeah, yeah, and stuff. Yeah. it was right there, and it, it was it was really serious. Yeah. Um, in February that year, um, I was in Kiev, and on a Friday I was going to catch a train to go down to one of the other uh, areas of of Ukraine. And that happened to been the Friday when all of a sudden Independence Square erupted. So all of a sudden, the government came in and said, we're going to bring in police and we're going to say we're going to break this thing up. And the protesters decided to uh, uh, fight back. And wow. um, I was leaving an apartment that afternoon and waiting for my driver to come get me. And the driver was just taking time and taking time. And I thought, I'm not sure what's going on here. The U.S. government had already told people, if you're in the country right now, be really, really careful about <laughs> being around public demonstrations and sure. stuff because political unrest is pretty high right now. Sure. So it's, it's risky, right? So, I'm, so I had packed up out of my apartment. I've got my suitcases. I'm sitting oh uh, on a street side about a quarter mile, quarter mile up from Independence Square. And while I'm standing there waiting, I, I'd notice that there's this this kind of a, a 
khaki colored VW bus parked like 15 feet from me. And I didn't pay any much attention to it. And all of a sudden a door opens up and guys are getting out in full military or khaki gear with head covers on oh and stuff like that. And I'm oh standing yes, there on the street yeah. corner with my suitcase looking all American going, yeah, someone's go. got to pick let's me go. up. So I got I'm, a passport. I got a passport. <laughs> I'm picking up my phone, calling my driver going, would you get over? He, said, he says, the, the, he says, the traffic's really bad. Oh, I don't know what's man. going on here. So I said, well, you better hurry up. Yeah. I'm not feeling very comfortable yeah. about this right now. So he, he finally makes it, a, you know, 20 minutes later. Uh, oh, wow. comes and those guys just kind of kept to themselves i think they were getting ready to march on down yeah. to, to, to yeah. the demonstration and see what was going on but a uh, driver finally came and got me and it took us forever to try to get to the train station um they because of the the protests were starting to erupt they shut down the subway system out there the metro and so all the people wow. were flooding out of the metro and coming up on the city streets and it was just wall-to-wall people yeah it took us forever to, to go anywhere we finally had to end up just Park in the car on the uh, on the side of the street and uh, and walk to the train station. But sure. as we left, I, I got on the tra- successfully got on the train, and as I left that night, that was the night that it all kicked off. And that weekend, I think there was something like 140 people killed oh, wow. that weekend in Independence Square as the police and the protesters all clashed. Wow! And that was the beginning of that was the beginning of the overthrow of the president of the country. Uh, at that point, cow. and this was the the, the president of the country uh, who was well aligned with uh, Russia and Putin. Um, kind of got, kind of went into hiding at that point, and the, and then uh, next thing you know, he was out of the country not too long after that. But uh, uh, it was it was basically a huge political change down there. Sure. Um, so that I mean, I was there for that historic time, and fortunately, it was nice and safe. Yeah. Uh, but thankfully. we're in the process of trying to adopt Sergey, and I, like I said, Sergey's down in Crimea, and if you know much about Ukraine, that's when uh, Cri- Russia basically took over Crimea. Mm-hmm. And um, so in March, we finalized our adoption for Sergey mm-hmm. and down in Crimea. And we came back to, so I, I flew home and uh, we were going to try to get both Sergey and my other son, uh, Crosby, who we were trying to get the adoption done uh, in, in a region north of there called Nikolaev. And as we're trying to get back uh, in the country, I brought my daughter with me because we expected to try to take two kids out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we're taking the train back down into Crimea, and that happened to have been on the Sunday where Crimea was taking their vote, right? Oh, and the okay. vote of whether or not we want to be part of Russia or we want to be part of Ukraine. <laughs> and the vote happened on, on Sunday. Um, I can't remember the numbers, but it was something like 95% of the people in Crimea said we want to be part of Russia. Not sure if I believe that 95% <laughs> of any, and 95% of the people agree it's, on anything like that. But It still blows my mind that there are still kind of land grabs going on. Yeah. You know, you feel like everything's pretty much settled, but no, yeah. over there, especially, uh, you're, obviously. You know, you're coming in, and, and, and so that so that morning, we took the overnight train from Kiev coming into Crimea, and when we were waking up uh, on the train in the morning, it's now officially going to be Russia because the vote all of a sudden was counted on Sunday. It's overwhelming. <laughs> And it's now going to be Russia. And I remember coming into the first train station in Crimea. And as we pulled up, there were, um, if you looked out both sides, there were militia on both sides of the train, all in face masks. And they all had machine mm. guns. And my daughter and I are looking outside the window. And I don't have my, I don't have my facilitator with me. I don't have a translator. Oh, gosh. And so we're just sitting there looking outside going, okay, let's just hope they're just going to wave us through and keep yeah, going. Yeah. And um, next thing you know, there was some guys got on the train, uh, younger guys in black outfits, and they're knocking on all the doors and speaking Russian. 
And my movie. I'm like so tense right now. I'm like, what? I know you're alive still. But sweaty I'm like, palms. This sweaty palms. Right now. Yeah. Well, my policy in Ukraine at the time, since they told Americans to lay low, was if somebody said something to you in Russian, it's not like I'd look at them and say, hey, I'm an American. I can't speak your language. Do you speak English? I just mm. would typically not say anything. I'd just okay. keep quiet. And a lot of times you just kind of nod your head and assume that they were just stating something. You're not asking you something. And, sure. and they would go away. Usually that worked. Well, these guys knocked on the door, said something, and walked away. And I thought, okay, well, I, I don't think they're going to come back. They did come back, and mm-hmm. they started speaking in Russian. And then that's when I had to go back and say, I'm an American. Um, I don't speak Russian. Do you speak English? And um, and one of the guys looked at the other, and they and and they pulled out a cell phone. And on the cell phone said, Matikonsky, Matikonsky. And I'm like, oh boy. And next thing you know, they were standing right there, and I'm waiting. And another guy then got on the got on the train, and I thought, and this guy came in in the military garb. He was the first guys were in their early 20s. This guy was in his mid 40s or so. Um, and I just thought, oh boy. And they looked at me and said, passport, passport. So I handed him my passport. And I wasn't sure what to do at this time. And so I pulled out the cell phone I had out there, and I called our facilitator. She was on another train coming into Crimea, coming oh. in from a different direction. And uh, she was my translator. So I, I I told her what was going on, gave the phone over to the yeah. guys and said, you got to talk to him. And she got on the phone. She told him, she said, there's a family who adopted a child, and they're just going down to pick up the child. They're not coming back. Or, or they get the child, and they're going to come back. And... Um, they ask questions about, are they from the press? Do they have video cameras? Those types of things. No, 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 they're, they're not from the press. They're not doing video, that type of stuff. And they said, okay, okay, we'll let them through. Wow. So it was. Oh, my God. <laughs> so we, we got the I chance. I mean, obviously, you're sitting here in front of us, so it all worked out. But still, it's like, you know. Well, wow. Something it, was, it, was, it was intense. I mean, we got down there that day. Uh, we went into the, the capital of, of Crimea, which is Simferopol. And uh, from there, we stayed. Uh, we went to the little town where we were adopting uh, Sergey from, a little town called Belogorsk. And that day uh, in Belogorsk, the, what, since Russia was taking over that day, they shut everything down. So all of a sudden, it was a, it was a Monday morning. It was a Monday. <laughs> but it was now going to be a national holiday. This is now going to be Russia. So everything oh. was shut down. Oh we got down gosh. there with our facilitator. I had a facilitator named Sasha who was, who was uh, from Ukraine, and she's a fantastic lady. A uh, little pit bull, um, oh and, and so it, it was interesting enough for me to be down there in 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 Crimea, which is now Russia. Um, my my pit bull was a five foot two hundred pound blonde lady who had an attitude that was just it was, awesome. was just she took control of every situation. It was fantastic to watch. I mean, yeah. I just I completely trust and follow whatever Sasha. Sure, would tell me sure. To do. And yeah. Sasha would say, Brian, you go do this. I said, Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. She, if I don't do it right, she says, Brian, you're an idiot. I said, You're right. You tell me what to do, I'll do it. So that was. Sasha was fantastic, but um, you know that day we're trying to figure out what we're going to do, but we couldn't do anything around trying to final. You know, we had to finalize adoption to pick him up, but we had to go through and do uh, get a passport, Ukrainian passport for him, uh, birth certificate, those types of things, and everything was shut down. So you couldn't get you couldn't get a passport, you couldn't get birth certificate. Uh, So we decided the next morning we got up and we had to travel up to his hometown um, in the north side of Crimea, which is about a two-hour drive. And so we went up there, and it was interesting enough, the people there who were going to reprint the birth certificate, since Russia had taken over, Ukraine and Russia started shutting down systems. So typically they'd go on and they'd, they'd do whatever, they'd make the changes, and they'd just print out a, print out a birth certificate, and there you go. 
the lady there actually had to pull out a typewriter, which she oh. had used in eight years, and had to find a blank birth certificate form and oh actually type it out gosh. because Ukraine said, "Okay, you guys are breaking from us. We're n- we're going to sever our systems now." So this is Tuesday morning, and all of a sudden everything's going manual. Yeah. So we had to get Man. typed out uh, birth certificate, got back down to uh, Belogorsk, and. At that point there, I still c- we couldn't get any passport stuff. And my facilitator, Sasha, looked at me. She goes, Brian, we got to get out of here. She says, if we don't get Sergey out of here right now, you may never get him out of here. Wow. So we, um, so we quickly got back over to uh, Simferopol, jumped on the train with what we had, and traveled back up to Kiev. Actually, uh, I think we went, went back up to Nikolaev at that point and uh, got out of there. And I do believe that, that had we not got him out of there, because Russia, rec- Russia doesn't do American adoptions anymore. I think it was uh, some political situation from a dozen years ago where all of a sudden Russia came back and said, we won't let any Americans adopt Russian children. Uh, when I was in Ukraine and I met other adopting parents who had, uh, who were in Ukraine and they had said, uh, you know, some of these people were people who were almost through with adoptions with children in Russia when Russia shut that down and all oh of a sudden wow. never could adopt those children. Oh so boy. the children were left behind. So it was... Um, you know, we got him back up there, and a uh, um, lot of other struggles we went through at that point. Um, Crosby, the one who was in Nikolai, we were trying to get his adoption finalized. Political issues there, too. The, the, the mayor of the area he was at um, was aligned with Yanukovych, who's the, who's the, um, uh, the president who was overthrown in Ukraine. And so he was worried about his political future. And so they, he wasn't appointing jurors. And so in order to do the adoptions, he had to have jurors. Oh. And he wouldn't allow jurors to get appointed. And it's a different jury system we have here. So next thing we know, we got really delayed on Crosby's adoption. And we wanted to bring the two of them back with us. Sure. And at that point, yeah. we had to say, you know what, we'll go through some. Let's get uh, the last little bits of things done with Sergey and get him back in the United States. And then I went back with Crosby later. Okay. And there's still lots more stuff in there about how you get a passport, um, you know, when you're running into all these problems. And it, would, it actually was an amazing, amazing time. I'm glad it all worked it's out. It's an amazing I mean, story. I yeah. mean, to actually be in Crimea the day it turns into Russia. And, you know, Sergei has got to be the last American kid <laughs> adopted out of Crimea. Sure. Uh, since he became Russia after that, it, it doesn't happen. So wow. he's got to be the last one that, that came out of there. And uh, it just, just was a, such a historic time. Uh, yeah. But, it, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, it was interesting. I, I felt called to be there to get these kids out of there. So I felt sure. everything going on, I felt, and maybe it's just naive, I felt fairly safe of sure. all things. I mm-hmm. felt like I'm called to be here. This is going to happen. It's the right place for me to be. And mm-hmm. um, and those two. So those are the first two we adopted out of Ukraine. And, and Sergei is a – Sergei is – when we adopted him, he was six and a half, uh, six and a half years old. Uh, with cerebral palsy, um, malnourished in the in the orphanage, so he was 15 pounds at six and a half years old when we adopted him. Jeez. And uh, one five, one five, yeah, 15 pounds. Oh my and gosh! So and with with cerebral palsy, it, it is something where it's hard for them to put on weight because sure. there's such high muscle yeah. tension, uh, or you know, their their muscles are so tight yeah. they burn a lot of calories. Kay. So even now, he's now he's now nine. And we've got him up to 33 pounds, I think, at this point. So, we, And we feed him six, seven times a day. Sure, we sure. we got a feeding tube in him, so we're trying to make sure we get as much in him as we can. Even if he doesn't want to eat, yeah. we're feeding him. Yeah. So it's hard to put weight on him. But at the time, he was really, really malnourished at the time. Wow. So it, it, I don't, yeah. it was great to get him out of there. 
Um, but he, I tell you what, for what this chi- what this child's been through, um, he is he's an amazing kid. His giggle, his laugh, his smile is just sure. lights my day. It, it, it is. It, you can go through the toughest day of work, and you go home, and you let Sergey sit mm-hmm. on your lap and start giggling and laughing, and it all goes away. <laughs> sure. awesome. It all goes away. Wow, that's amazing. So, yeah, so I was gonna say he's. I mean that. So those were the first two. Um, and how old is Crosby then? So Crosby is now four. We adopted him at a year and a half okay. old when he was out there. A uh, year and a half old, he wasn't. Now what's interesting is that. <coughs> um, Crosby was in the orphanage that Sasha, my facilitator, okay. her mom actually ran that that, oh. that orphanage. Her okay. mom's a doctor. You had to be hmm. in order to run an orphanage out there. You have to be a, do- a medical doctor, okay. um, and in order to uh, be a, in order to do that. And so that actually was a really nice orphanage, if you will. I mean, they had a lot of therapy equipment in there. She had done a lot of things over time to be able to get a, a great facility for the kids. But they still have yeah. a lot of kids, yeah. and, and and in Ukraine it's it's different. Um, special needs kids are um, not well supported out there. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on families to put your kids up for adoption as soon as you find out they got special needs. Um, special needs kids uh, um, don't get to go to school there. So oh. if you, so if you're going to, you know, if you if you have a special needs child, someone's got to stay home with them. So a lot of parents can't afford to do that, so they put their children up for adoption. And um, so Crosby's Crosby's got Down syndrome, mm-hmm. and Crosby uh, um, Crosby's a character. He's a real character. But uh, he, when I first met him a year and a half old, he couldn't sit uh, at that age. He couldn't walk. Uh, he just because he'd been in a crib for oh, so long. Sure. So they they worked with him off and on, but he. He never built Not the skills to sit, yeah. and uh, yeah. so I was so excited because I spent a lot of time with Crosby when I was in country, and uh, got him sitting before I left. And then when we got him back here, it wasn't too long before he was walking. Um, but he's a character. He's 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 now four years old, and he's just he's all spit and vinegar. He just yeah. he, he is. Um, there's some autism mixed in there or something as well, mm-hmm. but uh, he's he's got a fantastic smile as well. So those those are the first two, and then after we gone through all of that. <clears throat> my wife looked at me and said, well, I think we need to go back next year too. <laughs> and so it was oh like, boy. And, and so it was like the next year we looked at it and said, okay, well next year, let's go back and, and see if we can uh, um, help some other kids. And so we went back uh, the year after and uh, adopted three more kids uh, from other regions of, of Ukraine. All on the um, same trip then? What? Uh, yeah, that, w- that particular one, we were in two different regions and um, two of the kids we adopted actually were from a region that had very few adoptions. So there was a lot of, as we were doing the paperwork and, and the process through there, you're almost paving the way for others to do it because oh, it just awesome. it, it wasn't a, it wasn't an area that didn't very many adoptions, especially to, to Americans. Yeah. So it was a it was an unusual situation there. <clears throat> but we did in that particular in that particular that year, uh, went back and adopted um, uh, Nash and uh, Dima and Natasha and uh, Nash is about six months younger than than Crosby um, he's got Down syndrome as well um, interesting enough Sergey's name was Sergey in Ukraine Crosby's name was a that was kind of a screen name they gave him on the Whoa. website oh okay, okay. Um, so his, his trying re- to appeal to Packer fans, right? Was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that. He, his his uh, his Ukrainian name is Anatoly, um, but he uh, our, our autistic son Pierre 
got so used to the name Crosby that when we went to bring him back, oh. we kept talking about Crosby for so long. Pierre didn't, he wasn't comfortable with changing yeah, the name. So, yeah. and Crosby was young enough when we, when we when he was there that we brought him back and he got used to his new name. Yeah, sure. Um, so the next year we go back and uh, Maxime was one of the boys that we had. Maxime. Now I've got a Max at home already. So my wife oh. and I are talking about it. Goes, oh. well, what do we do? I got we got we can't have two Maxes at home, yeah. can you? Uh, that doesn't yeah. seem to make sense. You can't have two Maxes. So I'm trying to figure out what to do. And so interesting enough, we were joking one about Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and we're oh. like, well, Nash Nash sounds Nash sounds close to Max, right? <laughs> so we ended up naming Maxime Nash, right? There you go. So now. Most people come back over and they'll meet Crosby and Nash, and they're like, oh, "Where's the, the stills? stills?" Right? Oh, of course, my wife's answer is that that's next our next year. trip. Oh, that's no. our next trip. Right? <laughs> 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 we got to go back for stills. <clears throat> and if you leave it up to her, there'll be a young as well. So, um, and then, <laughs> but then might deep, as well, right? There I you mean, go. Yeah, and then, uh, so Cro- so Nash is is four years old, Down syndrome, and so the two of them are are, are quite the pair. Uh, Dima. We were brought back. Dima's got, uh, he had a brain injury early on. He's got cerebral palsy. So he's, uh, um, he, he's uh, um, a lot more disadvantaged when it comes to the gross motor skills and stuff like that. He's a very difficult time controlling himself. Um, but a lot, you can really tell that he's got a lot going on upstairs. He knows what's going on in a room. He, he's very, very intelligent that sure. way. Sure. Um, and then Natasha, who is now seven. And Natasha, the uh, milder cerebral palsy, um, mm-hmm. she's just at, at very low IQ. Um, and we, we thought we'd see a lot of progress out of her, but she's, I think she's suffered a lot in the orphanage. So there's okay. a lot of things she's got to overcome. Okay. A lot of things she's got to overcome. But um, so that, you asked the question. That's from Taylor, <laughs> that's from Taylor all the cool. way down to, to, yeah. to Nash. Uh, you're from 27 down wow. to 4. That's oh, the group man. and kind of, and, and kind of how it works. That's an <laughs> that intense is, story. And they're obviously in good hands. Yeah. So that is, you know, so. that's a huge testament to to everything you've done and and just to kind of get a little bit more into the technical side of things, um if someone's looking to adopt or foster, what what's a is there a, I want to say like a fast process, but how would they get started in, in yeah. doing something like that? Well, the foster care is going to be something that you're going to look into with your state. You know, okay. the foster cares are run through the state, so you're going to go and, and they'll have websites or contact numbers to get in touch and say what's it like. Um, typically, they're going to have some sort of introduction meeting, uh, you know, no obligation sort of thing. But yeah, you, can, yeah. it, you know, you want to find out about it. They have information meetings. You can show up and, and you can meet some the people who run the process. You might meet some other foster families, uh, just kind of understand what it's about, get your questions answered. They'll tell you what the process looks like, depending mm-hmm. on what you're getting licensed for. Um, you know, might depend on how long the process takes, but they'll answer your questions. And, and like I said before, there's a huge need in the United States to be able to get in and help these kids out. Yeah. Um, you know, the nice thing about it, and, and again, going out to Ukraine and seeing orphanages that have these large, you know, buildings just filled with chi- filled with children. It's huge that here in the United States we have the foster family system, so that you don't have these large orphanages. There yeah. are there are group homes here in the United States, so you see some of that. We ran into that in Phoenix a couple times. There was, there was one that was a larger group home that would start to remind you a little bit of an orphanage. Uh, saw a smaller group home, which was a group home in a neighborhood, right? But that one was still. You walked in and it was a little more orphanage ish than a foster family. The foster family is just gonna feel it's gonna feel like home to a kid. Yeah, they need that. Right. So, right. yeah, depending on, depending on whatever state you're in, you can always uh, you can always visit the state uh, websites or phone numbers, contact numbers, and they'll set you up on that. Okay. Uh, adoptions, 
there's a lot of different adoption organizations out there. Uh, so I think, it, you know, if you get reference from somebody you know who's adopted uh, or who has adopted, you know, you can probably get uh, reference over to some organizations. If you're looking internationally, I think you can look up international adoptions and see what kind of organizations there are to help you out. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's such a need. And I tell you what, I've talked to a lot of different people. I've, ta- I've talked to people who, you know, early on thinking about having kids, maybe having trouble having kids and you start hearing one spouse or another say, well, I don't know if I could, I don't know if I'd ever really feel like they're mine. You know, Mm. you know, I've heard that before from people. And I'll tell you, after having 12 kids, I don't consider these kids anybody else's. I mean, these are my, these are my kids. You know, they, they, and they, they don't, like I said, a lot of them don't look anything like me. (laughs) And and a lot of times that's good for them. (laughs) But, (laughs) but, uh, you know, but, but, I, I don't look and they're my kids yeah they, they are and, yeah. and, and you take you, you take all the wins you take all the losses you you know it's you, i mean you, yeah. your kids you for put the time in you're for everything their, you're their dad yeah, yeah, you know. and, yeah. And, and you love them just like just like you do your own kids I sure mean, and, and it's it, it, it's uh it's a fantastic experience so if people are looking to get into it whether it's foster foster adopt or adopt adopt international those types of things there's lots of organizations sure. to help out with that great yeah we'll put some links to to all these things that brian's talking about in the in the blog posts um, so that if you do have any questions, you can click on that. Um, and um, Yeah. I, I guess one more question before uh, are we, do yeah. you have any more? Okay. No, I, United way yeah, time of the year is kind of coming up here at Johnsonville. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's bumped back a couple months this year, but um, regardless, is there any organization or anything that people who might want to give to, you know, yeah, uh, is there anything that jumps right out for you? Yeah, I, you know, on the international side, like mm-hmm. I said, uh, Reese's Rainbow was the one who was huge help to us. Okay. So there actually was, um, what we found with Reese's Rainbow was, um, and especially as you picked out a child, so so people would donate to certain kids, right? Say, okay. Hey, give some money because I think that, you know, whoever's going to adopt that child, um, uh, give them some help. As sure. you got even closer, um, they were really effective at helping, hey, this child's, has 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 a family who selected them and mm-hmm. they're getting close to the adoption process they actually did a really nice job of helping to raise even more funds to help oh, so on wow. the international side i mean uh, it's not uncommon for some of these kids to have thousands of dollars that are that are dedicated towards their adoption which helps you as a yeah, which yeah. helps you as someone's yeah. going to go adopt plates can't be cheap. yeah well and the thing you the thing you run into is is the u.s government also has has uh um, tax ha- has tax help okay, uh, oh, okay. Uh, tax credits and things like that when it comes to adoptions. So a lot of times you can get a lot of that money back depending on your tax situation, that type of thing. But, you know, to offset a whole lot of the costs up front, there's there's a lot of people who go into some of these international adoptions and have um, most of the adoption already paid when they go about doing it, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. That's so great. I mean, yeah, if you're doing something like that, it, to have that help, make to have that off your mind so you don't have to worry yeah. about that and you can focus on – you know providing the best situation for the kid i mean that's yeah. that's just amazing yeah. yeah so you'll you'll find other you'll find other organizations like that um there's another one out there it was called maya's hope uh my my wife had watched fairly closely which interesting enough was a was a young lady out in new york who if i understand the if i remember the the story correctly was she was 13 14 years old and her heart got um got connected into international adoption okay. and she, as a as a young girl 
in New York. Wow. All of a sudden raising funds to be able to help oh, out with adoptions. And she's got huge. fantastic videos of her getting the chance to go out to the or- these orphanages and play with a lot of these kids. Yeah, who yeah. She's hoping to get adopted. So Holy I think cow. she had raised a lot of money as well. So there's a lot of great organizations out there, but those are a couple that uh, th- that were close to us. Mm-hmm. Great. That's awesome. This is this yeah. has been phenomenal. I mean, anything I, else you want to close on? I mean, yeah. I know you've, you've I got been twelve great kids so I can, far. I mean, you've been really great. I honestly. got twelve kids. I can go on for hours. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure <laughs> Maybe you that's could. Off the, off the off the clock. Yeah, podcast. yeah. We should get to do. Wow. Um, uh, you know, my wife and I have been really, really blessed by all this. You know, it, it's a lot of it's a lot of extra hard work and a lot of you know we are off the clock. You're not quite <laughs> off the clock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. I tell you what, it, I I wouldn't do it any other way. Yeah. I wouldn't trade any of the kids in. It's it's uh, we've been blessed all the way along. We've had struggles along the way of you know different kids on different different things, but you know what? It, we're smarter and wiser for it. Sure, and, and, and we're better off for it. Yeah. yeah, you keep talking about how you're blessed. I think those kids yeah. are, are the the truly <laughs> lucky ones. Exactly. Um, yeah, who found somebody like you guys. And I think you know for anyone who who has met Brian or worked with Brian. Um, they would already know this, but I think it's just another great example of the the awesome people that we have here at Johnsonville. You know, epitome, working sure. in this in well, this company. And so. I let me add one one last thing to this thing. Um, of course, you can say whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> it's your you know, in the last two to three years, uh, two two and three years ago, when I went to go do this, the amount of support that came from Johnsonville was fantastic. So a lot of times, your employers will have adoption uh, programs mm-hmm. held financially. Okay. Uh, so if you talk to your employee, Johnsonville's got one. So Johnsonville, wow. go through and say you get it. You get adoption, uh, an adoption. I don't know what you call it. Um, um, benefit. Okay. So if you go through the process, they'll actually kick in some money towards the adoption. Something um, I didn't know. Lot, yeah, there I you go. Definitely did not know. A lot of employers do that. So you go talk to your employer and see what that looks like. Um, I was working supply chain at the time uh, three years ago when I was spending this time in uh, in Ukraine during Independence Square and, and mm-hmm. in Crimea and uh, kept in touch with coworkers. Um, but you know what? The folks back here were fantastic. They were covering work when I needed work covered. Yep. I did some work from overseas as best I can. If there's some analyses and some other things I could do, I did that when I was in, in country. Um, but the the team I had in um, in supply chain, the entire supply chain team was incredibly supportive. My coach was very, very supportive. You take the time you need. Um, you you know, if you're anything you need, let me know. And they all kept very, very close. Con- you know, they were really watching the news closely when you start oh, talking yeah. about sure. it. Uh, yeah, you, know, you, you hear yeah. about Independence Square going on. People are like, yeah. isn't Harlan over there somewhere? <laughs> yeah. Crime well, no, he's, he's right there. Yeah. <laughs> there he goes. <laughs> yeah, he's on the news. <laughs> so, so you heard about, you know, you heard about that. But the Johnsonville members and, and leadership has been so supportive when mm-hmm. we went through this whole process. I can't tell you. I, I can't imagine, you know, some companies, I don't think you would have been able to go through this process, um, it, especially with how intense that it had been and how much time sure. it actually took this time around. Wow. Um, I saved up my my PTO, my pay time off. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I was going sure. through, when I was going over doing this, I was using like almost two years worth of vacation oh, yeah. time at a oh, time, yeah. if you will. It's like sure. you kind of carried over from one year to the next. Yeah, I kind of carried it over for a year and a half, and all of a sudden you used like two years worth in the middle wow. of trying to get this thing done. But um, people people were fantastic. The benefits people, the people back over in, in HR, and you're coming back and. By the way, I'm I'm adopting two or three more kids, and here, here here's their birth certificates. Their the, the birth certificates are in Cyrillic, <laughs> Cyrillic alphabet. I, I got an English translation yet, you know. Yeah, yeah. So you're trying to set these new kids up on insurance and all yeah. that type of stuff. But everyone here 
bar none, has just been so supportive in the whole thing. Uh, we had a, they actually threw a, a get together for us when we first came back with uh, with Crosby and uh, and Sergey, and all the wow. way from all the way from uh, the president of the company uh, with all kinds of folks who were right here in the lunchroom across sure. the hallway. Yeah. Um, cake and support and the whole works. It was fantastic. So that is phenomenal. You know, the culture here at Johnsville is wonderful. Um, yeah. And and I, I couldn't thank my coworkers enough. Excellent example of the Johnsville way right there. You bet. Yeah. It really is. You bet. Yeah. Well, this is huge. And yeah. it's been a phenomenal episode. Um, but I, I think, barring talking about more about the 12 <laughs> children, I think we should probably wrap it up. Yeah. Brian, if you wouldn't mind uh, closing us out here. You bet. Well, this is Brian Harlan, and you've been listening to another episode of Off the Clock, a podcast made the Johnsonville way. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.